Hey guys, I wanted to take a moment, record a couple of smaller videos as I'm currently working on a critical race theory video that'll be coming out today, um, just in anticipation of taking a brief break of Kyle Rittenhouse content, although I will have some more of that today too. But anyway, um, there was recently a spat going on between Antifa in New York. The Torch Network is apparently a network specifically for helping um, Antifa members in New York organize, and they had made a series of public statements uh, accusing another member of Antifa of abuse. It says, Earlier this week, the Torch Network received a cease and desist notice from Antifash Gordon that also contained the legal names and addresses of multiple anti-fascists outside the Torch Network. In this letter, Gordon demanded that we take down our statement about him and all Torch tweets regarding said statement or else he would sue the network and named individuals for defamation based on economic damages he says he has suffered to his career. We have removed the statements in question in order to protect those named in the letter from public identification and harm. So why is this important? Well, I mean, honestly, it just kind of comes back to this. Members of Antifa claim to be anarchists and anarcho-communists in particular. A lot of their activism is geared around hoping that society will fall so that they can replace it with anarchy. And here's the situation. You have one party that's saying that somebody abused them. You have another party that's saying that actually they're the victim, that somebody abused them. Now what? What do we do? How do we resolve this? Because you don't have a state. And so I got into an exchange specifically with Antifa, you know, Antifa New York City's account on Twitter, but it's in reference to, you know, actually, like, it, over the course of that exchange, Antifash Gordon actually replied into my, you know, argument with NYC Antifa. It says, in fact, I tried multiple times to speak with Torch, asking them to read a statement from me detailing what they had gotten wrong. They refused all attempts at mediation or communication. They were the ones who abandoned leftist principles, not me. And this is my exchange with New York City Antifa, because they made these statements, you know, and, and the thing is, is like, if you're running the account for an entire cell of Antifa, you're effectively speaking for everybody in New York who's in the black block. I mean, that's kind of a bold position to be in. But anyway, actual Antifa work is anonymous and not vainglorious by design. Solidarity with at Torch Antifa and to all who do the daily, thankless, and dangerous work of community self-defense against fascism for the simple reason that we are working to create a better and more just world. Let's think about that last sentence again. Working to create a better and more just world. If that's your motivation, you need to have a justice system that makes sense. You need to have methods by which to arbitrate situations like this. And they don't, which will be clear when you follow me through the rest of this exchange. New York the Antifa then basically calls him out for involving the state. He, they say, one has to examine the motivations and doubt, the intentions of anyone claiming anti-fascism while threatening a long-standing anti-fascist network with legal action. Some lines can never be crossed. There is no justification. It's appalling. So they're suggesting the anti-fascist Gordon, like, how dare you involve the state in this conflict? That's completely appalling and unjustified and, and never okay. But I then said, okay, honest question. If said long-standing anti-fascist network is trying to smear another anti-fascist, then what? How are you going to resolve this inner conflict? 
Now, again, I don't know any of these people involved. I don't have a dog in this hunt. I don't know if Antifash Gordon is the guilty one or, or what. But basically, the, if you see here, and I'll link these threads in the description, Antifash Gordon is alleging that it's actually he who was being stalked by somebody named Elizabeth King. You know, an abusive ex-girlfriend who store, you know, stole $4,000 from him in September, then started claiming that he was abusive when he wouldn't get back together. These allegations are literally made up. So we don't have any way of knowing who's telling the truth, but we do know that one of the parties in question happens to be a media network with a large platform. So they're in a position to do an awful lot more damage in this situation. One of the alleged victims in this situation has access at that point to more support and the ability to spread their version of the story to more people. If you were living in a theoretical anarchist society, this puts whoever manages to get media behind them at an advantage in all social interactions. And there's nobody to call. The reason that you get to a situation where a known anti-fascist is calling the state for help is because you've demonstrated that you're not going to allow anybody else to mediate the situation. So it just comes down to popularity, which is what I'm going to say here in my exchange. Because after I ask, okay, well, what do you do then if, you know, if, if, the, if this long-standing anti-fascist network is trying to smear another anti-fascist? And then they go, trying to smear? They are supporting people. You don't have to believe them, but Torch Antifa does. Torch didn't decide randomly to put out a statement. Nothing prevented the person in question from putting out their own statement. Instead, they threatened people with state power. Well, he did put out his own statement, but he doesn't have as many Twitter followers. He doesn't have as big of an audience. So if he's fighting slander and libel, what the hell is he going to do? Anyway, I say, he says they refused to allow him to use their platform to put out his own statement in response to what they were spreading about him. If you're going to have an anarchist society, you're going, to need, you're going to need a better justice arbiter than who is more popular or socially connected. New York City Antifa said, so? No one is entitled to a platform. And I said, well, like I just repeated my last point that they didn't answer. If you're going to have an anarchist society, you're going to need a better justice arbiter than who is more popular or socially connected. And then New York City Antifa says, well, threatening people with state power will most definitely not bring us closer to an anarchist society. To which I said, yes, but you should ask yourself why that happened. If publicly telling people what was going on is not ending the harassment, then what? How do you propose anarchy solves this problem? A popularity contest? Because that's what it looks like. So again, just to kind of bring us back to what we're looking at in the raw... You got two people arguing about what's going on in a situation. One is accusing the other of abuse. The other is accusing them in return of abuse. And now they're having a public argument about who's guilty and who's not. And then, so New York City Antifa says, there is no justification for the cease and desist, period. It crosses all lines and actually only reinforces the case against him. You aren't using or asking an honest question if you think that there was no other way to handle this. Okay. To which I replied initially, okay, I'm asking you. As an anarchist, how would you handle this? Someone with a big platform is allegedly slandering, slandering someone with a smaller platform. What now? Because if politics determines the outcome of slander and libel, 
you're going to have a tough time without the state. And I went on to say, the reason people hesitate to support anarchy is literally situ situations like this. Justice, in quotes, goes to the person with the bigger, stronger, and more influential mob. We don't need the state because that's better somehow. So far, what I have gleaned from your position is this. You like one party in this dispute more than the other. So therefore, you are making a public statement on behalf of all Antifa in New York City in support of one over the other. You don't want the state involved. So popularity decides? Now, this is kind of a weird, nuanced situation, but I guess it just kind of comes down to this. In their theoretical anarchist you know, society, what would happen if a major media group just decided to attack somebody's reputation? Anything? Well, they can come out and make tweets about it? Like, anybody who understands how massive media works knows that that's not going to be sufficient. And it can be twisted and fought. If there's no arbiter, no mediator, then it really is just, is my mob more powerful than your mob? And the same thing would happen if you abolish police, you abolish courts, you abolish all of that. Then it's going to be my mob versus your mob. What happens if a woman falsely accuses somebody of raping them? That's a real, that's a situation that would make it really, really easy to get a mob together. And what if they made up the whole thing? But they're better at manipulating people than the person that they're victimizing by lying and saying that they did it. Now what? You could apply that to any situation. And most anarchists do not have a good answer for this. You know, what are you going to do? And this is one of the reasons why Antifa in particular is starting to take a lot of shit from people who are anarchists legitimately who've thought these kinds of things through. Anarcho-capitalists would suggest that you should have like a private court that you both pay to help arbitrate situations like this. And I don't agree with that, obviously. But if you're going to have an anarchist society, then you need to be, you know, to have the maturity to mitigate situations like this. And I just don't feel that they do. This situation proves it. If these people got what they wanted and the state vanished tomorrow, this is what would evolve out of it. And ironically, it's literally situations like this that are why people support the state in the first place. If you can't handle something as simple as he said, she said in any meaningful way, what happens next? There's no state to stop violence. What if somebody reads this account put out by a larger Antifa media network and decides to take it upon themselves to go after this guy and physically hurt him? What then? You don't have a state to call to solve that either. So everything is just mob justice. Everything is just groups of people deciding who they're siding with based on their personal relationships. And therefore, anybody who's influential can destroy anybody who's less influential. This is what I noticed when I was at Occupy. That the people who were the loudest about being anti-state and the loudest about being anti-authoritarian frequently were the people who were doing most of the talking and had the crowd in the palm of their hands and therefore were making most of the decisions. Did they have any official rank? Well, no, of course not, because they're telling everybody that they don't believe in ranks. But they absolutely had power over the people in question. If you want to abolish the state, 
then you need to be able to give us a coherent solution for problems like this that the state evolved to solve. Thanks for listening.